Hello and welcome. My name is Nicole. I'm a yoga teacher, and this is your podcast all around the topic yoga, mindfulness, and personal growth. Welcome back to my podcast and to a new episode. I am back in Copenhagen and I got a cold, as you can hear, super annoying, but I won't be talking for too long anyways, because in this episode, I will be sharing with you another super beautiful interview that I did two weeks ago when I was still in Cape Town with Lexi, who was my yoga teacher during my teacher training. And you might have already heard about her if you listened to the other interviews, which was with Dom. And Dom and Lexi together founded Wild Thing Studios, their own yoga studio in Cape Town. And I am so, so grateful that I now got the chance to talk to Lexi as well because she really is a super inspiring person and has so much knowledge. And we talked about the topic of how especially as women, we tend to pressure ourselves so much on what we look like and things happen like over-exercising, under-eating and just not treating our bodies well, which kind of like is super paradoxic, right? Because we want to look the best we can and we end up punishing ourselves and harming ourselves, hurting ourselves. And so we talk a lot about that. We also talk about self-care, about how to keep your brain healthy and a lot more. Um, I'm really super excited about this interview. I loved it and I hope you will too. So enjoy listening to it. And as always, let me know what you think about it and stay tuned. Hi Lexi, thank you so much for being here with me and for doing this episode with me thanks for having me next yes i'm really so glad i already mentioned that in uh, the last episode i did with dom how grateful i am for uh, the teacher training to do it with oh. you we have your little cat here in the, in the studio with no, us excuse too. any scuffling but it's an absolute I, it's been so wonderful getting to know you and having you here and it's been a wonderful journey yeah it definitely has <laughs> and yeah so the teacher training was amazing for me and i also i keep telling in my podcast how amazing yoga also is for me so i would love to directly dive into it and hear Let's your go. like your yoga story um how what is it that made you like fall in love with oh, yoga what made me fall in love with yoga so i actually um started out in corporate i that's and that's where dom and i met we met in um, grad school and we were studying marketing and advertising. Um, I got an internship at, a, at an agency. Um, it was six months and I was just like, this is, this is a lot, you know, Monday to Friday, eight to five, um, doing something that it didn't necessarily like, you know, make me that happy. And living for the weekend and I just, you know, I'm thankfully, my parents, you know, supported my change in career. Um, after the internship, I was offered a full-time job and I decided to um, take a little bit of time off because I, you know, I finished school and then I went straight into my degree and then I did my postgrad and then it was my internship and I was just like, I actually just need to slow down and ascertain exactly what it is I want to do, you know, because I've studied all of this and I've spent so much time, you know, um, you know directing myself toward a career that is actually not really fulfilling me. Um, it was very... 
It was very corporate. I mean, it was, you know, after work drinks and that kind of thing. And I'm not a big drinker. And it was just the whole, just the whole lifestyle was just not something that, you know, made me feel um, my most vibrant self. So I took a little bit of time off and at the studio I was practicing at at the time, they were offering a teacher training and it was like the last day of the special and I just like closed my eyes and did it now. Cause I thought to myself, I was like, what am I, what do I love? What, are, what is part of my day anyway that, um, that I can turn into a life? Um, and it was you know, wellness and exercise and, you know, pretty superficial, but I knew it was something that I cared about. And so I, I didn't want to do a personal training course because that was also not quite the environment I wanted to be in. So I, was, I wasn't even like that into my yoga practice at the time, but I wanted a qualification in that kind of um, realm. So I just signed up for the yoga teacher training and bit the bullet and did it. Um, and then only when I started the teacher training did I realize how layered the practice was, you know, because the classes I'd go to were all pretty, but again, like surface level, it didn't really talk too much about any of the subtler elements of the practice. And, and then when I got into my teacher training, it was structured, structured in such a way that it worked from the root chakra all the way up to the crown chakra. And each week we'd focus on one chakra and then everything pertaining to that, you know, um, anatomically, um, energetically, etc etc sorry for interrupting you can you maybe um quickly tell us what chakras are oh okay <laughs> of course so chakras are um i suppose they are kind of swirling vortexes of energy that reside within our shushumna nadi which is our our channel of energy that starts at the base of our spine so that would be the root chakra and works its way all the way up to the crown so it's um the root then it's the sacral chakra um, the solar plexus chakra, heart chakra, throat, third eye, crown. I hope I'm not missing any out. <laughs> um, and each of them obviously hold different energetic properties. They are focused on different elements of our lives. And anyway, so we start at the base, the root, which is, if you were to equate it to almost like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm -hmm. the root chakra would be like the most basic, you know, safety, food, security, sex, sleep, water, you know, our fundamental needs and it's kind of like uh, our right to be here and then it, as it travels up it gets kind of a little bit more um, involved the sacral chakra is um, creativity sexuality fluidity solar plexus is um, our drive to move forward the fire in our belly uh, heart is obviously you know love how we receive how we give um, throat how we verbalize um, third eye our intuition and crown is kind of our highest self so it worked all the way up through that from the base all the way up to the crown. And as every week went by, I just fell more and more in love with it, you know, and I just realized how much more there was to this practice and how healing it was. I mean, I think from about the, from heart chakra onward, I was pretty much just tears <laughs> all the time in tears, you know, it was, and it was wonderful. And um, I didn't know that crying was actually such a therapeutic part of the practice. And in one of the first, intensive practices because we'd start each day that we'd um, study with an intensive and I think it was about two hours or 90 minutes between 90 minutes and two hours and they took us into this really big expansive backbend and I came out of it and I just had this flood of like overwhelming emotion and I just burst into tears and I, I did not know what had hit me 
I was like, am I having a public nervous breakdown? Like, what is, what's going on? Anyway, the next day it happened again. I felt so vulnerable and I was kind of embarrassed. You know, no one had given me any ideas to expect that. Anyway, the, say, the next day, a different teacher led us through the same shape and the same thing happened. And thankfully they explained, like, if you ever have the urge to laugh or cry, and it was camel, classic camel. Um, if you ever have the urge to laugh or cry, like, enjoy it. It's part of, like, the greatest healing and if you do it is a permanent release so you know you're one of the lucky ones I guess um, and that was kind of it you know when it bit it bit and it's I mean I used to be very into um, a lot of very dynamic exercise so I do a lot of like weight training and a lot of um, high intensity training you know these um, kind of boot camp classes and whatnot and that kind of started to fall away after I got a little deeper into yoga there wasn't anywhere that I had my sights set on teaching um, in Cape Town so it was still a couple of months before I decided to actually do anything with my yoga teacher training I was teaching some friends privately and sharing with whoever you know was remotely interested and then my boyfriend had a or has actually a restaurant and that was massively inspiring for me you know he's a year older than me he opened this beautiful restaurant he was doing what he loved and he actually pushed me to you know find a space and you know I got in touch with Dom and we just went for it we opened the studio and that like I guess the rest is history on that front and now the only kind of movements I take part in is yoga based at the very least um, and yeah now I it's what my life revolves around I suppose and it's fostered so much healing and so much um, awareness and so such a, an unbelievable education and that's the thing with the yoga practice that you're always a student mm -hmm. you know you never know everything you know we don't know what we don't know and we'll never know what we don't know mm -hmm. um, so there's just an abundance of information and knowledge and uh, consciousness for us to you know work into and lean into and mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was, yeah, I guess the, my teacher training was actually the first time I really deeply connected to the practice. I think it's so interesting to hear how you got also so inspired by your boyfriend who founded his own business and started mm. his own thing, how much it just takes also from like outside sources for us to... Totally, like, totally. I didn't have the confidence to do it, yeah. on my, to do it myself. I didn't, um, I was very, uh, how old was I at the time? I must have been 23. Mm -hmm. Um, so f from 23 and younger, I was like, I was unbelievably anxious. Um, I couldn't say like boo to a goose. Uh, I was so, I was just a really nervous person and I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what inspired me. I was just so like lost and I just, I just followed the, the path, you know, that everyone would kind of follow here. It's like you finish school, you do get your degree and then you get a job. And, you know, whether or not it is, you know, vaguely fulfilling, it's what everyone does. So that's kind of just what I did. I didn't have... You know, and that Jared was the first person who I, you know, came into contact with that was really like looking and searching for their dharma, their purpose. And yeah, and that was, he, he pushed me a lot. And it like originally it was really frustrating because I just, I, I was like, I was so resistant to it. Um, anyway, I'm really grateful that I eventually gave in and we mm -hmm. did what we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's so important. And also, uh, I feel like also, going to different places. So for me also going to Cape Town, it's crazy how it opens up completely new perspectives totally. on things. And so yeah, the people and the places we go 
They matter so makes much. such a big difference. Yeah. You see, he grew up in Sydney, and there's uh-huh. quite a big, you know, culture of, um, you know, following that what you what lights your fire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whereas here, I, I, I mean, not, not that I'm aware of, but you know, whatever I was exposed to wasn't quite the same. It was always kind of just like this is how it's this is how it's done. Yeah. This is the model that you follow, and I never really, you know, felt or thought to question mm-hmm. that or challenge it. And I, yeah, I mean, eventually I got there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super interesting point that we also talked about in the teacher training. And I got so triggered also by two posts on your Instagram. And for everyone, you also have to follow Lexi on Instagram, <laughs> Lexi Ryman. I'm going to put it in the show notes Thank as well. You. And because there just also is this huge topic um, with, and I feel like, especially amongst girls and women, with just putting way too much pressure on ourselves with working out. And so mm. many people also see yoga as a workout, mm. right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, on Instagram, I do, I go, I go off on the, the occasional tangents, you know, once every couple of months, and then I retreat back into my, um, my box. But yeah, there is definitely a really, really big culture of, um, you know, pushing, pushing a physical movement exercise, you know, practice. And I can't, you know, obviously at the, how I got into yoga was the physical element. That was my first touch point. You know, I wanted to be flexible. I wanted to, you know, be a little more mobile because I was doing so much of this other stuff. It was really locking my body up. You know, I've had really tight hamstrings. I ended up with sciatica at 23, which is crazy, shin splints. Um, and I actually ended up moving overtraining to a point where my body went into conservation mode so I held on to a lot of water um, I retained you know just about everything and there was just no natural like kind of flow in within my body and I didn't understand it Um, at the same time I was you know off the back end of moving away from hormonal contraception so everything was really out of balance and out of kilter and it, it ended up exacerbating, you know, anxiety for me. Um, you know, the sending your nervous system into such an extreme space, that like constant fight and flight. You know, we are already all, for the most part, existing within fight and flight, the sympathetic nervous system. You know, we're all kind of anxious. You know, we're quite easily <laughs> triggered. Sorry, this kitten is going nuts in here. Um, and these intense exercise studios and places, uh, all they serve to do is exacerbate that, you know, ever since getting a little bit deeper into my practice, my motto's kind of been, if it looks like a nightclub, like turn around and don't go. Um, you know, it's because it's, it's again, it's all, it's all operating on that high frequency of, you know, really loud music, flashing lights, shouting, screaming, um, pushing, and more is not necessarily more at all. Um, and I, I, learned that the hard way you know through injury and through um, really putting my body through way more than I needed to and it really upset me because I I was none the wiser I was just going to these exercise classes and you know pushing myself to this extent because I believed and I was told by the people you know that run these places that um, that would be the best thing to do that was what was going to get me in the best shape and and it wasn't it was quite the opposite you know all I was is more stressed, you know, more wound up, more, um, and my body just held on to everything. So I had this, I work so hard, you know, for physical gains that have subsequently fallen away. Um, you know, the, the, the physical element of it for me now is 
you know, really unimportant. And I think that also had so much to do with it. These places are so focused on what you look like and being summer ready and looking good in a bikini. And, and that's, so I was just so wrapped up in that whole environment and didn't, again, didn't think to, you know, shift that because I believed and was constantly reinforced that doing more is more. And it was quite the opposite. You know, I, was, I ended up at a point where I was so injured and so frustrated with the, the lack of results I was getting that I just backed away from it entirely and dropped straight and in, just only into my yoga practice. Um, and now I do, I do like gentle exercise outside of my yoga practice. You know, we do, we have these fit flow classes here at the studio and it's with light weights and it's like basic asana, um, so the physical element of the practice. Um, and mostly just core strength and stability to support your regular practice. And ever since stopping that, all the physical um, goals that I had, you know, with my appearance, you know, that kind of shifted my mindset. I moved away from that. And then, and then I started achieving those goals that I once had, you know, but I didn't really care for them anymore because it wasn't important to me anymore. But then I realized that actually, you know, if I, if I had just stepped back, you know, when that was so important to me and I stopped obsessing and I stopped restricting my diet and I stopped, um, you know, almost like punishing my body on an ongoing basis that, you know, things would change. Um, so only, you know, much later after it no longer mattered to me did I realize that doing more is not more if, you know, you do have physical um, aesthetic goals. So, yeah. There's just unfortunately also always this thing happening that we kind of, we want to achieve goals and especially in, in the appearance, yeah. from the appearance point of view that we end up punishing our bodies, yeah. right? Yeah. And like not and was, eating. And, not uh, eating, really yeah. restricting my diet, mm -hmm. um, overtraining. And it's so much easier to overtrain than we believe it is, especially for women. You know, our, the balance of, our, of the hormones in our bodies is so delicate. Um, and it's really just not worth messing with. You know, if, you, uh, if being in shape, uh, you want to even call it that I hate that phrase if you want if you have physical aesthetic goals that you would like to achieve take care of your hormones and take care of your brain mm -hmm. the rest and your obviously your emotional well-being the rest falls into place mm -hmm. and if you find yourself dreading or getting nervous or um, not enjoying a certain kind of exercise stop going mm -hmm. because the <laughs> The stress that you're experiencing, not enjoying yourself, vastly outweighs the benefits that you think that you're getting by doing the exercise itself. So you end up just releasing more cortisol, which is the stress hormone, which encourages you to hold on to, you know, water and whatever else, and just sends your hormones into a bit of a war dance and not in the way that you kind of want them to be. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So you mentioned keeping your hormone hormones in balance and looking and after your brain. brain. Yeah. yeah. What do you do to look after your brain? So um, to look after my brain, I keep it busy. Um, so you know, reading. I actually downloaded this game on um, uh, on my phone. It's called Peak, and I signed up to I think I like a year subscription or something. And it basically just improves your cognitive function. So it's a game on your phone, mm -hmm. but it measures the improvement and the changes in your in your brain as you move through the levels of the game and whatever ah, else. So that's really cool. So uh -huh. that's one thing. Um, walnuts okay. are really good to eat for yeah. your brain. Um, uh, Omega-3s, uh -huh. uh, movement, whole foods. So, I mean, all the stuff that we know and sleep. Sleep is such a big one. And we really massively underrate the impact of a lack of sleep on our, on our bodies and our stress levels. And yeah, eight hours is absolutely necessary. I think I read somewhere, now 
I haven't fact checked this, but I've, I read um, in a study somewhere that anything less than I think it's six or seven hours of sleep a night is actually carcinogenic. Mm. I mean, I don't want to be fear mongering or anything, mm. but it's not great to not yeah. be to not get a, yeah. a decent night's sleep. Yeah. yeah, I also read that it's not worth it for example getting up an hour earlier and like sacrificing on one hour of sleep to exercise, to exercise. Yep, yeah i read that too yeah yeah absolutely it's so true yeah, yeah. rather have that hour of sleep it is so yeah. much better just across the board for yeah. everything yeah. you know and when you start taking care taking care of yourself holistically you know your mental well-being your emotional well-being you know taking care of actually your insides mm -hmm. the outside reflects that mm -hmm. You know, so let the inside be the primary importance, yeah. not the outside, you know, because everything is just so focused on the outside and yeah. it's boring now. Yeah. Like there's no depth to that. There's no um, education to it. It's just like beef and pay bills. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's what kind of a life is that? Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm far more involved in or far more interested in actually body neutrality. Mm -hmm. You know, this is uh, the vessel that we have to move through our human experience. And, you know, beyond that, That's it. Take care of it. Look after it. You know, love it, but also don't obsess over it. You know, educate yourself. Read. Be interesting. You know, have orgasms. Don't like obsess about what your body looks like. Just exist in the body. You know, which is obviously much easier said than done, and a constant practice. Um, and I obviously speak speak from a place of privilege. You know, being you know white and slim and. You know, so it's easier for me to say that than it is for most other people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just now remember also how we talked about metabolism and that yoga actually slows down metabolism, yes, right? Yes, and that for people is scary. Mm -hmm. You know, the thought mm -hmm. of slowing down your metabolism is scary, but you don't want you don't want your your nervous system to be in that you know frenetic space. Mm -hmm. You want it to be slow, and you want it to be in the parasympathetic, which is rest and digest and heal. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you can rest, digest, and heal, your body your bodily functions just are optimized mm -hmm. so it's not you're not going to the loo because you are in an anxious state you are you know your body has fully extracted all the nutrients it needs from the food that you've eaten and then you know it it moves in a way that is you know kind of supposed to move rather than being in a constantly anxious state and yeah you know yeah. operating from that i feel like i don't know what you think about it but i think one main reason for Yeah, becoming so obsessed about what we look like and what we do, of course, is on one side media, but then also just this huge factor of comparison that oh, we always compare. God. Comparison is yeah. a thief of all joy. Yes, that is for sure. Yeah. And but I mean, that's what the yoga practice teaches as well, is that mm -hmm. it's not about anyone else. It's not about, um, you know, what the person next to you is doing. Mm -hmm. And I've found, you know, from <clears throat> for my personal um, practice that, you know, ever since moving away from the environments that do encourage comparison and into an environment you know with a yoga practice where you're kind of self-reflective and um it, it your 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 comparison kind of just falls away mm -hmm. you know you, you just kind of stop doing it the more you involve yourself in your own development and your own practice and you know just generally developing who you are as a person all that stuff just diminishes and ends up being you know, irrelevant yeah You know, and of course, like the, the it's going to creep in now and again. I can't say that I've reached like a state of like, oh, I never compare myself to anybody. Yeah. You know, I've yeah. reached this like enlightened mm -hmm. space. Not at all. You know, I'm still mm -hmm. a human. Everyone is. You know, you never. There's no nirvana. You don't reach the end point. You keep working at it every day, mm -hmm. and you keep trying. It just becomes a little bit easier and a little bit more manageable as you establish the practice of observing your thoughts and your feelings, rather than um, identifying as them. 
<laughs> this cat is really so sweet. I wish you could see. <laughs> we have little kids running wild. around. Here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I totally see uh, the, a point I'm like thinking about so often how it really takes consistency, right? Mm. And we feel like now we've worked on ourselves and our behavior. We've like uh, triggered something and. It's and then that's it, then it goes ending. away. Yeah. And it doesn't. Yeah. It no. doesn't. You have to keep showing up in exactly, you know, with with equanimity as well. You know, arriving on your mat with expectation um, also limits your ability to expand. You mm -hmm. know, because then you're, well, this is what I want to achieve. Instead of just arriving on your mat, seeing what shows up for you that day, what kind of body you have. Because the body I have today is not the same body I had yesterday. It's not going to be the same body I have tomorrow. Yeah. So it's really important to just show up get on my mat and respond to the body that I've got today and the mindset that I've got today and just, you know, work with what's happening instead of trying to shift and change and adjust and better, you know, all the time as well. It's just also just a gentle acceptance of what is and welcoming yeah. in the things that maybe you don't feel quite as favorably about. Mm -hmm. um, but just accepting, you know, what, what arrives. Yeah. Mm. Do you have um, daily routines that you stick to in that regard? Like, some also like self-care um things. so i i mean my days kind of are generally like i include an hour of movement of some kind for the mm -hmm. most part you know if i if it's not at the studio um you know it's it's a walk or um yesterday i actually did a mobility training session with um, an amazing coach who has a, a unbelievable wealth of knowledge um and that was also just a completely different experience to what i usually do and i think it's good to you know mix it up occasionally mm -hmm. surprise your body um, I journal mm -hmm. in terms of um, uh, you know more self-care stuff uh, I actually got it from the Instagram account self-practice mm -hmm. um, and they sell these really beautiful little workbooks and they're very minimal they're minimalist it's just got one kind of um, journal prompt um, and I, I'll do that a little bit and I've also been I've just signed up to Juliet Allen's pleasure school which um, delves into the kind of the the more I, I suppose it's kind of tantric sex and exploring yourself and exploring your the relationship with your partner and that's got a few journal prompts as well mm -hmm. um, so I'll you know journal about that and it's just yeah keeping curious keeping curious is always something that um, you know keep, keeps me grounded keeps me interested mm -hmm. stops me from stagnating Uh, just following my curiosity. So, what it, if I find something is kind of calling me, I'll move in that direction. Mm -hmm. And then my self-care practices kind of shift and evolve accordingly. You know, I don't, I try not to be too rigid. You know, that was my, that was kind of who I used to be. Mm -hmm. um, before I really got into yoga, um, you know, it was very like, okay, wake up, go and do this workout. Then I will go and then this is what I'm going to eat. So I try and you know, see what comes up. You know, if in yeah. Yeah, maybe sometimes I just need to be in nature instead of being inside, mm -hmm. and yeah, I do, I yeah. do that. But I mean, I um, managed to kind of create a life for myself where everything that I engage with and everyone I engage with, and you know, all the things that feed me make me really, really happy. So I don't mm -hmm. have to designate like a specific period of time to anything in particular to lift my spirits because mm -hmm. you know, this is yeah. Yeah. I, I get to do what I love every day and I get yeah. to spend my days with everyone that I care about and yeah I, I feel very um, lucky yeah yeah that is beautiful very privileged yeah what would you tell 
your 23 or 22 old self now with oh, what you wow. know now. Oh, gosh. Go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop resisting and go to therapy. Yeah. Yeah, that would be it. I'm ashamed. I was having such terrible panic attacks. I was really, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I was I got to a point where I was just so reclusive as well because mm-hmm. it was too scary to go out. Um, and my folks tried to get me to see someone... Um, And I was just so resistant to it. You know, there's this whole stigma about it and it's it's a lot better. It was maybe the last couple of years before there was like a, like a, glo- a global conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there weren't like the resources there are now, the free resources yeah. there are now. You know, like on Instagram, there are just an abundance of incredible accounts that you can follow that can mm-hmm. help you heal. You know, and that's for free mm-hmm. and that's great. So I started seeing someone and she helped me so much. Um, and her specialty, so she had... Um, It used to, she used to work in psychiatry mm-hmm. and then she shifted over to um, perceptual transcendence. Okay. Yeah, so transcending your own perception of your experience, mm-hmm. which was like really um, fascinating for me. And yeah, I saw her for a little while, which really helped. And then I, you know, when I feel overwhelmed, I, I still go back to her. Okay. Um, but for the most part now, I, yeah, I use free resources. Yeah. But yes, you asked me what I would say to my 22-year-old self, yeah. go to therapy. Okay. <laughs> oh, can you explain a little more in detail what kind of, what did you do in the therapy session? I've never heard that. Um, so there wasn't anything in particular, it was mostly talk therapy, okay. but it was kind of getting a little bit more curious as to what and why my perceptions were how they were. Mm-hmm. You know, so everyone's got a story, everyone views things and experiences things differently to uh, another person, you know, in the same situation you know, or on the other side of the situation. And um, we'd work to just unpack why I was, you know, why and how I was perceiving things in a certain way. And it also helped assist me get, you know, find a slightly more neutral perspective rather than such a charged and subjective one. Being Mm -hmm. a little bit more objective, being a little bit more observant and being a little bit more open to, um, you know, what wasn't necessarily my viewpoint. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, because we all can get like very... um, wound up in our stories yeah and you know it's just it really helped you know and that it was amazing for conflict management you know I'm very conflict averse Mm -hmm. but I found that with that now I can it's a lot easier to Mm -hmm. move through confrontation I mean Mm -hmm. not that I experience too much of it but um, if I do Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. can you name your three most favorite Instagram accounts to follow oh yes Uh, the holistic psychologist Uh Florence Given Uh-huh. Absolutely, Florence Given. She's a queen, uh-huh. um, and the Mind Geek. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm definitely gonna write all of them yeah. down. Yeah. Um, because in my last episode, I just talked about how important it is who we follow, especially on social oh media. Oh my god! Absolutely. And what we feed our minds with, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I follow. So I know ne- I never actually got into the influencer thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram always kind of intimidated me a bit. Um, so I never really you know, followed influences or anything like that. But when I did start, you know, taking a little bit more responsibility for my online presence, um, I was very careful about who I decided to follow. And mm-hmm. I unfollow people that reinforce diet culture, no mm-hmm. problem. If mm-hmm. the moment that people say, or someone says, working off the weekend, um, this is how many calories I burnt in this weighted, heated spinning class, I, I'm like, out, cheers, no, thank you, yeah. I don't want to see that kind of thing. You know, I'm. this is the kind of diet I'm following now, it's just like, stop, mm-hmm. enough. If that's what you want to do, great, but stop like spreading it. No one needs to know about it. Mm-hmm. So I follow, you know, anything that's going to further my education. I follow a lot of activists, 
Um, so I have to actually say Rachel Cargill is an mm -hmm. incredible person to follow. She's really um, deep in my education and understanding. And again, these people, you know, these are free resources. Um, they all have like Venmo accounts. So, I mean, if you do find that um, what they're sharing has been beneficial to you, then you can, you know, offer them a donation. Wow. Um, so, yeah, Rachel Cargill, uh, I Heart Erica, they're amazing. And their partner Ebony is also fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, and they've got some really fascinating viewpoints. You know, they highlight a lot about privilege mm -hmm. and how, you know, privileged white people are and how different it is to move through the world as a white person versus you know being a black person or a person of color mm -hmm. and that has been um you know something that's really uh deep in my un deep in my understanding i mean of course you once again you never reach a certain destination you can only continue to educate yourself but these people have been really um fundamental mm -hmm. to deepening understanding for me Mm -hmm. uh, different question. Yes. What would you advise someone who has never done yoga before? Like, what would what would you tell them? So, what, in terms of starting to practice, yeah. Um, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Don't get nervous. I mean, you if you get nervous about it, that's okay. But there's nothing to be scared of. Mm -hmm. You know, you have you have all the power. You can do less if you need to do less. You can rest whenever you need to. Um, and just keep showing up, you know, the, the body adapts much quicker than it feels like it's going to adapt and um, you'll only start really feeling the benefits if you're really consistent about it. You know, I know that when I started practicing, um, it was the only time I'd wear like one of those um, smart watches mm -hmm. to um, see how much longer I had to suffer through it. And that was it. So I'd be like, oh, 20 minutes in, I've still had 40 minutes of the suffering to go. And only when you really like break through that barrier, because you know everything's so fast paced. It's got it takes a little bit of time for your nervous system to switch over from like that frantic that frantic chaos to you know accepting something a little bit more slower and yeah. a little bit more deliberate and intentional and caring. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, just consistency, yeah. and you have the power. That's super interesting because I had the exact same when I started practicing yoga that I would be like, oh my God, when is this over? Yeah. Can it just please be like done? And Yeah, please. Yeah. You know, I, I just need to get in this hour of stretching, which mm -hmm. is what I thought it was. I need to get, you know, this hour of lengthening yeah. in a week. You know, yeah. it was lit I'd go to one power class a week mm -hmm. and that was it. And I thought that I was going to like, you know, really experience any kind of benefit from that. And yeah. I mean, you get there. I mean, I got there eventually. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a, a thing that I learned from it. How, if you do something consistently, how it like changes and how it gets to like become something you really enjoy doing. Oh my gosh! And like now, an hour flies yeah. by and yeah. it's not enough. Even though I also I have, I have to say I have days, for example, when I don't feel super fit or mm, maybe exhausted. In the mood. Yeah. <laughs> where it's like, where I sometimes maybe have to fight through it. Yeah. Um, those are the days yeah. you need it the most yeah. as well. When you know you don't want to go, those mm -hmm. are the days that you totally go. Yeah. Just go. The yeah. moment you feel resistance, get up and go. Yeah. 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 I feel like that's also the moment where it really changes your brain, right? Totally. Yeah. That changes your brain yeah. chemistry. When sticking them to mm. it. Yeah, that's true. Um, and one last question. Um, can you maybe give an example of um, because I think what I've mentioned uh, already in previous episodes, how you can take what you learn on your yoga mat off into your life. And oh, I, th yeah. I think for a lot of people that <clears throat> might sound super weird, but that's just because there is so much more behind the physical practice of yoga. Absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, 
a lot of our, most of us start practicing yoga for the for the physical benefits and what we've read about you know yoga bodies and you know that kind of thing but when you do start to really engage with the practice you can kind of like I've said I've said a couple of times observe you know so instead of thinking to yourself this is so hard you know why can't I do this you take just a step back and say oh I'm thinking I can see that I'm thinking to myself that this is really hard and I'm getting despondent and frustrated why can't I do this so it's kind of I suppose carrying that awareness off your mat with you and into your day you know so instead of reacting in a challenging situation in a way that you might regret a little bit later take a moment you know observe your thoughts you know what why has this person angered me why has the situation you know frustrated me and say okay well this is what I'm thinking how can I respond in a way that is not you know gonna aggravate the situation or make anything worse and I suppose that's it all ties into like you know the breath awareness the uh, the moving mindfully um, moving intelligently not just you know powering through a yoga class but just really being deliberate in the way that you are on your mat doing the same thing off your mat just being really deliberate in what you're saying who you're saying it to how you're saying it how you you know what you're thinking and you know knowing that the breath and the heartbeats are always there for you to take to take that step back and to just be like okay my breath and my heartbeat are still here I can take a deep breath and I can be a little bit more intelligent in the way that I decide to respond to the situation. And that's kind of, I guess, you know, what I've, you know, gleaned from the practice the most. Mm-hmm. That is super beautiful. Mm. Thank you so much. Thank Lexi. you. I really enjoyed this. Me too. And I'm, I'm going to write uh, your name, your Instagram name also in the show notes. So I hope that if someone has a question, maybe that they can Oh my gosh, please. That would be wonderful. Yeah. I love engaging on my platform. Yeah. I mean, I know that I don't post as frequently or as... Um, or as, as well as I should in inverted commas but I'm always you know I'm always online mm-hmm. so please if there are any questions I'm here and I'm very keen to chat yeah yeah thank you thank Lexi. you and also thank you for the last like five months oh thank you now. for being and here it's just been yeah. so wonderful yeah it really yes. has yeah and I'm gonna miss this place oh we're gonna miss so you much. I can't believe you're leaving yeah <laughs> but I'm gonna come back yeah you, yes you are <laughs> definitely you have to I hope you enjoyed this interview. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have any feedback, as always, just send me a message. You can visit my website, yogabynicole.com or my Instagram. And yeah, just drop me a message there. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Have a super nice rest of your day or evening. Namaste. Namaste.